and welcome to yet another anime podcast. This is who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. We're coming up on the end of the spring 2022 anime season, and I'm already looking ahead, planning out the summer season, while also trying to wrap up the shows I'm still uh, trying to following this season. Uh, I've got a bit more work to do on actually watching all of those. So I figured this week would be a good time to do my annual retrospective on an older decade of Weekly Sonen Jump manga. Um, again, for anyone who is not aware, Weekly Sonen Jump is, if not the most popular uh, Sonen mag- um, manga or comic uh, magazine in Japan, is certainly one of the most influential, at least here in the West. Um, many people, especially of my generation, grew up watching and reading manga and anime uh, adapted from uh, Jump uh, from Jump's pages, uh, including Dragon Ball, uh, Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, and so on. Um, so you know, I the first I the first, last time I did this topic, I covered uh, the. the manga from the magazine that premiered in the 90s from 91 to 99 or 90 to 99 um which was the first decade of my life i was born in 92 um i didn't really read manga at the time like i actually was like living not in the states at the time i was living abroad and didn't really read manga at the time um it was in the early 2000s when i moved here to the states um and middle school and high school that i would first discover manga by reading tankoban volumes of 90s and eventually 2000s manga mostly jump but some not jump um, at my local public library um, and eventually I discovered the world of online scan license shout out to onemanga.com um, and you know kind of fell in from there Again, like last time, we won't cover every manga that Sonen Jump has published, as you know many of them never made their way to the West, for better or worse, um, and never thus made it to my eyes and my awareness. Um, I believe that the 2000s saw 115 total manga start, uh, in addition to about 17 more from the 90s that bled over into the new millennium, uh, including these that I covered last episode. Uh, Hikaru no Go, which ended 2003, Yu-Gi-Oh!, which ended 2004, Salmon King, which ended 2004, Prince of Tennis, which ended 2008, and then Naruto, uh, which ended in 2014. We also had Hunter x Hunter, uh, which is still ongoing, technically on hiatus, but still ongoing. And then, of course, One Piece, which is still going strong. So, you know, starting with uh, the year 2000, there were a number of manga that started here. None that I've actually read myself, though. Um, I am somewhat familiar with them. Uh, a lot of these actually uh, gained popularity, uh, or at least awareness in my eyes, um, in the West because of uh, the, the video game Jump Stars, um, which crossed over a bunch of different characters from different Jump series. Not Again, not every Jump series, but a lot of the more uh, well-known ones, including some that are more popular in Japan and here in the States. Um, so some that appeared in 2000 are, you know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, which is, I believe, the sixth part of the JoJo series, um, currently airing on Netflix. Um, we also have Black Cat and then Pure Tofuku Jaguar. Um, as oh, I don't really know what those two are about, but I, I kind of recognize the character designs. Um, 2001, we had another manga I'm kind of tendentially familiar with, the comedy gag manga Bo 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 Bo. I hope I had the right number of bows in there. Um, the only thing I really know about this one is just gag manga where the main character fights weird things with his nose hairs. Yeah, that's kind of bizarre. Um, However, in 2001, it was the debut of the last of the Western big three uh, of jump anime and manga, Tite Kubo's Bleats, though it would be Kubo's actually second work in the magazine. Uh, his first was a 1999 series called Zombie Powder that ran for about 26 chapters or four volumes. Now, I first came across Bleats actually in anime form. Um, I, I, get, I think I want to say it was around 2004, 2005, when uh, you know the first episode of the anime, for some reason, I was in Sam's Club with my family. Family, and 
Bleach was just playing on the TV, um, and I'd never really seen it before. It was the first episode, and uh, I guess some employee was a fan of anime and had put it on the TVs as like the display thing. Um, but yeah, uh, regardless, Bleach uh, ran for 686 chapters, or about 74 volumes, between 2001 and 2016. It tells the story of a young Ichigo Kurosaki who is thrust into the world of katana-wielding, black kimono-wearing, grim reapers, or Shinigami, uh, as they fight hollows, who are, which are evil spirits of deceased individuals who need to be put at peace before they can pass on into the, and enter the cycle of reincarnation. Um, he accidentally, somehow, steals the powers of Rukia, another young Grim Reaper, um, and from there, the world slowly expands out as, you know, because he no longer has her powers, he has to kind of substitute in and do her, her uh, Shinigami duties for her. Um, you know, he meets other humans uh, in his happiness class, of course, who happen to have supernatural powers of their own. Um, and then eventually, when they travel to another dimension of the of the Soul Society, uh, where they meet the third, where the whole Grim Reaper system is actually thirteen divisions of this paramilitary unit um, of again all kimono samurai style uh, Grim Reapers. Um, the story you know expands from there, but you know, honestly, I think Classic Bleach is this arc of the Soul Society that the series truly signs, right? It's a proper Sonen battle series with a fun power system uh, related mostly to unlocking one's sword's uh, powers, and the sword is like a reflection of yourself, um, you know, and, and, and they have special powers with Shinkai, Bankai, I definitely had more than a few uh, pretend uh, fights with my friends and siblings where we would scream Shinkai and Bankai during recess or on the weekends. Um, you know, in addition, you know, while, whereas One Piece was a bit more cartoony and aesthetic, and not at all having its very cool moments, was still very much uh, a little bit of like a more optimistic, jolly nature to it. Um, Blitz was just cool and edgy, especially to my young preteen self. The idea of these big, these three being the big three series is, I think, more a Western creation more than anything else, just in terms of these are the series that happened to become popular as the uh, online fan dubs and, and, and Western scanlations of... Um, of, of manga came into being um, and, and these were very popular granted they were they were at the top of the charts for a very long time um, but of these big three I don't think it can, be, it can be argued that Didi Kubo had probably the most insane sense of style of these three uh, and puts him in the upper echelons at least in this regard for his contemporaries you know Sir other shows had spreads occasionally of their characters in Street Hero but for Bleach it was almost integral to, to its appeal in that even like in regular chapters characters would just be wearing different costumes aside from the battle outfits of course um and you know and perhaps this was a, a, a part of it to a fault right in later chapters after soul society as the arcs got more and more uh insane um you got a sense that kubo didn't really know how to pace his stories out didn't really have like a real plot per se right he had, he basically went back to the same plot every time where some one of the one of ichigo's friends ends up getting kidnapped they have to go to this other dimension and fight a series of a gauntlet of bad guys before they can rescue their friend from the really really strong bad guy um and you know that's basically what it was and an ever escalating power scaling right um unfortunately and, and unfortunately he couldn't really wrap up this story in a conclusive way that i think was would have been at least deserving of the, the stat stature of the series right um you know one ichigo just kind of got more and more secret revelations about his hidden powers right that he had, secretly had all along right like which maybe lost some of the appeal of oh he's a normal kid who happens to be pulled into the soul society world it's like no he's actually like this this quote-unquote chosen gary still um but then also right like the way the series ended there were a lot of loose ends wrapped up right like uh it was definitely that he just couldn't finish it in time and i think this the editors had enough and they said look you have so many chapters 
chapters to finish this. And they were in the middle of a big fight, and his fights tended to take dozens of chapters to finish. And so he just kind of wrapped it up really quickly, felt like out of nowhere, gave us an epilogue chapter, and that was it. And again, a lot of loose ends, especially for some of the side characters, which was a massive cast of side characters, which went unresolved. Now, you know, there is still hope for Bleach, right? Uh, it, I say it's over. It, the, the original manga did end in 2014, um, or, yeah, and, 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 and 2016, and, you know, it is, I think the story is maybe done, though I wouldn't be sorry. There was a, there was one chapter that was like a, a I think an anniversary chapter that was like a one-thought chapter, um, and then, of course, you know, Tidi Kubo has come back with Burn the Witch, uh, which is, you know, at first seemed like a different uh, story, but it was revealed on the last couple of pages of the first uh, one shot that it is actually set in the world of Bleach. Um, and then since then, right, uh, Burn the Witch has been coming out in, uh, it had another mini season of four chapters in 2020. Um, and there's a second season planned out, presumably sometime this year or next year. Um, and, you know, I think that's a good balance for Kubo, who I think got, from what I could tell, got really bogged down with the weekly grind of having to make chapters. And he just wanted to just draw cool shit, basically, right? Like, since since then, he's worked on other things as character design. I believe, like, this mobile game, Sakura Wars, he's the, the, the character designer for. Um, and so, you know, I think that, that brutal production schedule really helped him from achieving what he really wanted in terms of the look or, or just diving into the look of the series. And these kind of, like, sort of more contained series lets him spend more time on the story and then come back and spend more and then and then draw it out and then you know take as long as he needs to make the next the next series of chapters right um and you know i i i think that i think that's a good compromise and while i never ended up you know watching all of the bleach anime right i, I definitely am a manga reader more than an anime watcher in terms of jump long running jump series I did read all the manga, and you know uh, there is actually a uh, the final arc of the manga is coming out uh, later this year. I think in October, the Thousand Year War arc. Um, so hopefully, maybe there's a chance that you know he will get the ending that he envisioned that he was never actually able to put in due to the constraints of having to end the series in the magazine. Um, so yeah, I mean we'll know we we won't know until this series comes out. Um, I, I again I'm not going to probably not watch the series in full, but I will at least check out the first couple episodes just for nostalgia's sake. And I will say, right, like along with Naruto and One Piece, when I was in middle school and high school, uh, before Spotify, um, you know, when I used to study on the computer, I would just have a playlist of YouTube videos of just different songs and different OPs and endings from these series. Um, and Bleach was just a bang, like had so many good hits, right? I was listening, I'm actually, when I was writing this episode, I was listening to Bleach music just the whole time. It was like, wow, this is just a, such a throwback. Um, you know, you have used classics like Asterisk by Orange Range, the first OP, Tonight, Tonight, Tonight by Beat Crusaders, the fourth OP, Rolling Stars by Yui, um, the fifth OP. And you have, you know, classic one, Life is Life is Like a Boat by Rie Fu, um, the first ending, Ending, Hokibosi by Yunha, ending three. Happy Days, Happy People by Scoop on Somebody, OP4, and then Moving by Takatsa, ending eight. Um, you know, those are some of my favorites. Actually, fun fact, I was actually looking at, uh, you know, listening, listening to these again on YouTube, not on Spotify, just for old time's sake. I actually found out that uh, Scandal, who did, I think, believe the ending, or it might have been the opening, uh, Sojo S, and they also did an, uh, an opening for uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Um, they were actually going on tour uh, this year, and actually will be in New York, uh, where I I live, next month. So um, yeah, guess who's getting tickets to go see uh, a Bleach uh, OP artist group? So yeah, definitely good times with Bleach. Even if you know, definitely had its flaws, but still, I think super influential. Um, especially other uh, manga kind of future would definitely cite Bleach as one of their huge influences. 
Uh, anyway, moving on. In 2002, we didn't really have any series I did. I followed. Again, shout out to Ichigo 1000% for, for debuting this year, as well as Isil 21, um, a manga about American football written by uh, Richiro Inagaki, who went on to write uh, Dr. Stone, and, then Ryusuke, and drawn by Ryusuke Murata, who is currently redrawing uh, One Punch Man. Um, 2003 saw the debut of Buso Rankin, uh, the second follow-up uh, to uh, Nobuhiro Watsuki's Roni Kenshin series. Um, after the latter ended in 1999, and he had a, another, uh, his immediate follow-up after it was a 2001 series called Gunblades West that uh, only ran for 28 chapters and three volumes before being ended. Um, Buso Rankin uh, is often overlooked by many manga fans, and I think while it's understandable why... At the time when I did read it, again, this was probably like when I was in middle school or high school, I don't exactly remember when, um, I remember liking it well enough, at least for my younger self. I couldn't tell you all that much about it beyond, you know, battles with homunculus and these giant oversized weapons, but, um, you know, it did scratch a sonin battle itch that I was just really in at the time as a very new anime ma manga fan. Now, apparently it was imagined by Watsuki to be his uh, last uh, Sonen series. He, so he did a lot of things that he apparently hadn't done uh, for the genre yet, such as a bit more of a science fiction angle. And while it did last longer than Gunblades West, you know, 80 chapters or, or 10 volumes until 2005, and from what I remember, a very conclusive, well-paced-out ending. Um, it did get an anime adaptation also that I'm only just learning about researching this. Um, it is clear that Romani Kenshin is definitely uh, Watsuki's magnum opus. And again, the fact that he went back to working on the world of Rowan Kenshin again afterwards kind of is, is proof of that. Um, anyway, come, then comes 2004, which was a killer year for Jump. Uh, first off, you know, you have uh, I, I, a series I, I, I know about but haven't read myself. Um, there's Gintama, a science fiction samurai comedy series from uh, Hideaki uh, Sorachi, which ran between 2019 and with 104 chapters and 77 volumes, um, jumping between magazines, actually, um, and as well as also multiple live multiple anime series on and off between 2006 and 2018 uh, with a combined 367 episodes, which I'm frankly never going to go see, um, plus a live-action movie I did end up seeing that was actually pretty hilarious. Um, it's always, you know, Gintama series is just always at the top of my anime list for, for adaptation, so um, again, not going to see it, I think, uh, just because of how much there is to watch, but um, respect. Um, you also have Steel Ball Run, the seventh part of the JoJo series, after Stone Ocean. Um, you also have The Gray Man, which is an alternate history series about exorcists with a fairly dark narrative from the couple of chapters I checked out about it. Um, that one actually is still technically ongoing, believe it or not. Though, due to health issues of the author, um, early on there were very frequent hiatuses before it uh, jumped over to become a monthly series in Sister Magazine Jump Square back in 2009. Um, there was an indefinite hiatus between 2013 and 2015. Um, then it eventually coming, came back to another magazine, Jump SQ Crown, and then later moved to Jump SQ Rise when the when Crown and ceased production. Uh, so far, The Gray Man, still ongoing, has 27 volumes or about 244 chapters to date. Now, I will say, though, that the real highlight of 2004 from Jump is gotta be Death Note. Um, written by Tsugumi Oba and drawn by Takeshi Obata, who had previously worked on the Go series Hikaru no Go. Um, you know, if you like anime, you have probably heard of this premise before, but just in case you need a refresher, uh, Death Note follows the story of Light Yagami, who discovers the notebook of uh, the, the monstrous Death Reaper, Ryuk, um, the titular Death Note. Um, he learns that by writing the name of somebody in the notebook, it will kill them with a heart attack, um, though there are various rules and restrictions regarding how the notebook can be used, um, as well as how um, how the ownership of the Death Note uh, is passed along. Um, using this newfound power, he assumes the alias of Kira uh, and plans to 
create a crime-free society by uh, killing off all of the people he deems immoral. Um, of course, you know, people just kind of dropping dead out of nowhere and mass in prisons um, is something that uh, will cast the police's attention. Um, and so led by Super Detective L, a task force is established to try to track down who Kira might be. Um, this leads to a very strong, one of the strongest and kind of the archetypal cat and game mouse um, between two people trying to find, find, like, find out who the other is. It's a battle series without actual battle. Um, ran for 108 chapters or 12 volumes until 2006, um, and, and, which is surprisingly a very short one for such an influential series. Um, Death Note has gone on to be many individuals gateway anime. I know a lot of friends of mine actually who uh, getting into anime was because of Death Note. Um, it has a very dark aesthetic, very dark for what you'd expect coming out of Jump. And again, a lot more intellectual fight fights that evolve around strategy, knowledge, information, misinformation, as opposed to, you know, yelling about the power of friendship or, you know, whatever you might assume would come out of a, a Sonin magazine. Of course, there are there is criticism, right? Uh, spoilers for a nearly a nearly twenty year old series, but you know, L dying halfway through and being replaced by another detective near. Um, the second half is generally considered a lot weaker than the first because I think just L as a protagonist or Dudaragonist, I don't know like who the like. In any case, L as a main character is so compelling that anyone would kind of like fall short of that, right? Um, and and many people, including myself, I uh, consider it, you know. When, when L dies, is kind of like the end of Death Note. Kira wins. Still, you know, if you had known anime and manga to be lighthearted battle series at the time where the good guy always wins, this more morally ambiguous story just showed you what the world of anime and manga had to offer beyond that. And it's still, there's a reason to consider one of the greats and why there are so many attempts to replicate its success in different mediums. Um, you have the Japanese live actions adaptations, which are okay, um, but then you also have you know, Netflix's attempt to create an adaptation. Um, so yeah, Death Note's definitely one of the all-time grades, and spoiler, this won't be the last time we talk about a work between Oba and Obata this episode. Anyway, also coming out in 2004 was the slightly overshadowed but still solid Katekyo Hitman Reborn um, by Akira Amano. Uh, the premise of this one is kind of crazy, um, but basically you have average Japanese teenager Chuna uh, discovering he is the long-lost heir to a mafia family from Italy, the Vongola family. Uh, the current mafia head sends an infant Hitman named Reborn to train him to be a suitable heir. Um, setting aside the question of child labor within the mafia, Reborn uses a dying will bullet that suits, he suits Chuna with, which, appropriately enough, uh, ha causes Chuna to die and become reborn with the power to achieve his dying will, um, which over time gives him more self-confidence and strength, um, you know, with things you need to be a proper mafia boss. Along the way, they, they find other friends and, you know, family members, found family members, as well as other infant hitmen, um, which, spoiler, apparently has something to do with a curse and time travel, and I don't really remember the details again. It's been a while since I read this one, but uh, definitely a weird one. Um, you know, and, and there are various elemental things for a battle combat system and so on. And again, you know, it, 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 and, and that's yeah, handy because, you know, the, the combat system and the inter-mafia family battle, as good mafia stories do. Um, again, a while since I've seen this one, but, you know, what I remember, it was a very fun Sonin battle series with a pretty decent art style, actually. I still, well, the character design is particularly great. I, you know, definitely always see a couple of reborn cosplays here and there uh, every couple of, of conventions or so that I go to. Um, so yeah, it doesn't take itself too seriously, right? Kind of as opposed to what Death Note did. Um, it ran for 409 chapters or 42 volumes until 2012, which is a solid run, a 202 episode anime as well. So definitely has that staying power. 
Anyway, it would not be until uh, 2007 or so when there would be another manga from Jump that I actually read. Uh, 2005 had a series, Neuro Supernatural Detective, that I recognized from Jump Stars, and To Love Rue is, is kind of an infamous series that ran between 2006 and 2009. Uh, 2007 also brought Sket Dance, whose mangaka Kenta Shinohara has actually another series running in Jump currently, uh, Witch Watch. However, 2007, I think, has one of the biggest injustices, at least in my history of reading Jump that I've ever seen, uh, Siren. So, written by Toshiaka Iwasuro, um, this was actually his second serialization in Jump after a 2005-2006 series called Mieru Hito, A Supernatural Story. Um, Siren tells the story of Ageha, a Japanese high schooler who is one day, some, through circumstances, sent to another world called Siren, which is an apocalyptic world full of monsters known as Taboo, um, where he and others brought to this world have to complete missions given to them if they were to return home to Japan. Of course, it wouldn't be a Sonen battle series without powers, and, and the atmosphere of Simon provides with those who breathe its air uh, gaining psychic powers, you know, not just generic, uh, you know, telekinesis, telekinesis, telekinesis but you know, it's custom power specific to the uh, user and, you know, different people have different attributes of different powers and so on. Um, you know, there's a whole other, you know, there's a whole arc about, you know, there's the secret organization called Wise and do they trust them, do they not trust them and so on. Um, but, you know, Simon ended up running for a pretty decent length, right? 146 chapters or 26 volumes up until 2010. But then it was, it was canceled very quickly. I remember reading it and it's like, wait, that felt very rusty ending, right? Um... And fortunately, right, I, it did get enough chapters to, like, just not end off just kind of in the middle of nowhere. There was actually a conclusion that was somewhat adequate for everyone's uh, character arcs from what I remember and reading over the summary again. Um, but still, it, it was clearly very rushed. I could definitely see, have seen it going on for much longer. And I think it was the same also because this one had, again, at the time, you know, Death Note had, had ended there at this point. It was definitely just kind of the classic, you know, big typical Sonin stuff. Bleach was still going on, obviously. Um, but this one was even darker than Bleach in kind of its aesthetic and style. Um, uh, and, you know, there was a decent Sonin power system and combat choreography that I enjoyed. Um, but for some reason, it seems to not have resonated with the, the Japanese audience, right? Looking at the rankings, uh, if you go by the table of contents of Jump, those that tend to appear at the end, um, aside from, you know, gag series, which tend to be the ones that ended to just end on the laugh. But those that, you know, action series that are toward the bottom of the series, bottom five, is generally in trouble of being axed. And it was in the bottom five for, for several months before its cancellation. Um, and, you know, from reading, like, conversations online, like on Reddit and so on at the time, people were saying, oh yeah, definitely is like, you could tell that he was trying new things kind of like like every other week or so, just trying like to get the audience back and just wasn't working. I think what makes sense, was, again, I saw this comment online, but it kind of makes sense from thinking back on it. Uh, Simon was probably a little bit too dark uh, for a jump audience, um, but you know, you'd argue Death Note is also too dark, but Death Note is kind of veering into Seinen territory, right? So, say, so you, know, you can see Death Note as being like the one Seinen series in the Sonin magazine for someone's older brother or someone's parents to read while, while, the, while the kids read the other stuff, right? Um, but like, you know, Siren was too dark to be a Sonin series, but it wasn't mature enough to be a Seinen or adult series, uh, which makes sense, I think. Still, I think it's a grave injustice that this never got an animated uh, adaptation, which I think it, obviously it's too late to at this point. I would just, I really wish that it got in that sense. Um, at the very least, though, Iwasiro-sensei does seem to have a little bit of a legacy with the magazine still, even if he hasn't had too many more adaptations uh, or, or serializations after this. Um, he was a mentor to many current jump heavyweights, including Ryuhei Tamura of Beelzebub, more on him later this episode, uh, Yuki Kitabada from Black Clover, and then Nayo Matsumoto of current series uh, Kaiju Number no. Eight. 
In any case, uh, the following year after Siren in 2008, we had another couple of classics come out. Uh, Toriko by mangaka Mitsusoshi Shimabukuro. Um, now, I didn't know his next bit, unfortunately, of his unfortunate biography at the time, but uh, apparently this wasn't his first adaptation uh, in uh, serialization in Jump. He had debuted back in 96 with a comedy series called uh, Sekimatsu Leader Dentakeshi, but that was canceled in 2006 when it came out that he was assessed, uh, arrested and convicted of child porno- prostitution charges. Uh, he did end up making a return to manga in 2004 with Toriko, Japan being in Japan, I guess, letting him back. Um, but, you know, separating author from work and kind of the impact that Toriko had on me as a manga reader, um, it was a fun story, right? I, I, I read it initially from its serialization through to its final chapter, and the world of Toriko is one where gourmet food is everything in the world, right? Um, the, the UN has been supplanted by the IGO, the International Gourmet Organization, and ingredients to make the best dishes in the world or, you know, live in the... 70% of the world known as the gourmet world um, and it's very it's it's very difficult to get these these top class ingredients because they're either part of some uh, very deadly creature that's hard to kill and needs to be captured and 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 and, and take and and prepared in a particular way that just right otherwise it's completely ruined or they're found in a very harsh environment um, so you know Toriko is a uh, ingredient gourmet hunter you know people and he has you know neo supernatural you know musculature and so on and he seeks to find and capture these high-level ingredients to create, quote-unquote, a full-course menu, which is you know his ideal menu of seven different courses and ingredient dishes, from appetizers to his main course, salad, soup, drink, side dish, dessert. Probably missing something else. Um, but yeah, and then and, and and you know presumably there's this master, and then he, there's a specific master ingredients like the top ingredients of the world that he wants to include on his menu. Uh, he teams up with uh, timid chef uh, Komatsu to find these and prepare these ingredients. And of course, there is an evil food organization counterpart to the IGO that wants gourmet food to be only for the rich and powerful and not for the common folk, which is very antithetical to what Toriko wants. Yeah, it goes to weird places. Um, it features many crossover episodes, actually, with Dragon Ball and One Piece. Um, and, you know, think of it like a Soka Kikino Soma meets Monster Hunter, in a sense. Um, you know, it was, again, a fun series. I think it had like that de- definitely that, that battle sonen aesthetic to it um, and the... In terms of the choreography to the character design to the power sector and just the world that they're living in. Um, it ran for 396 chapters through 2016, had 147 episode anime. Um, and, you know, while learning about the manga's past just kind of less, lessened my enthusiasm for it somewhat and reduces my desire to go back and reread it, I can't deny that it was a blast to read the first time around. And even today, you know, having grown up to become somebody to somebody who likes to cook on on you know whenever I can you know I I still have my own views of what I want my full course to be uh my full course menu to be so um there is that uh anyway the other series from 2008 to come out is probably one of my all-time greats um uh, not just of Jump, but of all of all medium, actually. Um, the, the return of dynamic duo Oba and Mobata came in the form of Bakuman. Uh, it hugely saved my perspective on manga, storytelling, anime industry, uh, and just creativity itself. Um, you know, the only other works I can say have really done this are Shirobako um, and, and Keep Your Hands Off Eizouken uh, a couple years back. Um, Bakuman uh, tells the story of writer duo pair uh, Moritaka and Akido, two high school classmates who aren't really friends um but you know moritaka is a really good artist and akito's you know near the top of his class um but you know they end up you know deciding that they're going to you know you know break break out of their mundane lives instead of becoming salarymen they're gonna pursue their dream while they're still young of becoming a, a manga artist or manga artist duo um so they end up going by the pen name muto asurogi and you know this this series through their eyes
Eyes peels back the curtain of what exactly goes on into making a series come to life in Shonen Jump. Everything from concepting the story, storyboarding, creating, you know, the terminology, right? What is a name? Uh, what is a manuscript? And so on. And what does that look like? And kind of the editorial process all on that. Um, you know, and, and then what happens when the series gets canceled, how they deal with the rankings that I've mentioned a couple times already, and eventually how you get an anime adaptation and what goes into all that. You know, I'm, I, they say that the best stories are where you write about what you know. And so what better for a mangaka team to write about than to write about a manga making team? Um, but, you know, again, it does provide a lot of context for things I didn't know at the time, such as, you know, why a series I liked, such as Siren, would get canceled, or how one shots factor into a mangaka eventually getting a serialization, or the importance of an editor in the creative process beyond just them, and it's not just the manga and the, the writer and the art and the, and the illustrator. Heck, you know, earlier I mentioned with Death Note, you know, talking about the non-battle battle anime that was going on, and and how a conflict, you know, could be without punching and fighting and kicking and um and could but still have that back and forth, you know, kind of like conversation of that fight between light and L. Um but, but you know, it, it, but it's in the metaphorical sense, not the physical sense, right? Um and this this phrase is lifted wholesale from Bakuman where they talk about the idea of let's come up with a, a battle a Soden series, but it's like not a battle series, right? A, a ba- non-battle battle series. And appropriate enough, I guess it is the people of Death Note who would give give give, ter- give a name to that term, right? Go figure. Um and you know, this is again horribly meta because Bakuman does again feature non-battle battle sequences about mangaka. Uh, vying for first place in the rankings, in which they do so by creating a non-battle battle uh, anime or uh, manga. Um, you know, I think this whole concept is something that I knew about intuitively. You know, reading, having read manga, and, and growing to appreciate some that weren't just cut, punching and kicking and superpowers. Um, but I didn't really have a terminology for it. Right, and Bakuman gave me that vocabulary. You know, Bakuman is also one of the first uh, man- anime actually watched on the pretty weekly basis over its three seasons that ran between 2010 and 2013 uh, when I went off to college for 75 episodes. Um, you know, as far as the manga goes, you know, Bakuman ran for 176 chapters or 20 volumes, about four years until 2012. Um, you know, if there is one manga from this episode, I think you should go back and read even more so than Death Note, even more so than Bleach. I think this one, Bakuman, should be it. Um, and again, it may not be perfect in every regard. I think the biggest criticism is probably the romance um, between... So basically, Morataka has this quest on his classmate, um, Miho, who is an aspiring voice actress. And, you know, she secretly likes him too, but instead of them just deciding to get together they're like no for the sake of our dream we're going to promise each other we're going to get married not even date just get married when she voices a character in his uh, in an anime adaptation of his manga um not dating or anything along the way um and yeah i think in hindsight not a, a, a relationship that uh, I would endorse and I, it's, I, I think would be kind of cringy nowadays uh, but you know everything else about the series just works um, you know it has a super vibrant cast especially of the other mangaka or the editors and again it's semi-educational entertainment and it provides and it gives a better appreciation not just of you know again manga and manga making and anime but also just of creativity in general which I think is you know for someone who to appreciate the creative work is, is all the more important 
Uh, anyway, you know, to round out this episode, you know, 2009, we have one series I did read and two others I'm at least aware of. Uh, first, the ones I'm aware of, uh, Kuroko no Basket is probably the modern basketball uh, manga uh, right up there with Jump Classic Slam Dunk. Uh, again, even if I haven't seen it or read it myself, I definitely know people who who have. Uh, ma- and, you know, mangaka Tadoshi Fujimaki would later make a series about golf called Robot X Laser, um, which I did read, but sadly did not take off. Um, and then you, the other series, Madaka Box, which honestly, I think, was a little bit. I was a little bit too dumb at the time to appreciate it when it came out. But looking back, given that the uh, it's a it's by a writer artist player, and the writer is the writer of the light novel series Monogatari, which is ho- horribly infamous for being uh, dense, but you know very well good story, but very very dense in terms of the dialogue and the and the writing. Um, and I think I was just too dumb and naive to really understand everything going on back then. But going back over the summary in Wikipedia about you know, student councils and human experimentation and combat tournaments to decide who becomes the next student council president or who becomes Medica's husband. Pretty wild. Um, but yeah, again, the, the author being behind the Monogatari series makes sense. Um, both of these lasted about four or five years, um, 2014, 2013 respectively. And about 20 to 20, 22 to 30 chap- volumes or about 192 to 275 chapters. And both got anime adaptations. Uh, Kuroko no Basket went on for 75 episodes plus a couple movies, while Mandaka Box got a 12-episode adaptation. Uh, in any case, the last series I'll talk about this episode is 2009's Beelzebub uh, by Ryuhei Tamura, um, uh, former assistant of Simon's mangaka, uh, again. Um, Beelzebub, appropriate enough, is about the titular Lord of the Flies demon of the same name from mythology, though here he is but a babe, uh, son of the current demon king. Uh, Oga, who is a high school delinquent, uh, happens across a uh, uh, Bell one day uh, and is chosen to become the caretaker for Bell so that he grows up strong and tough and evil and mean um, as a proper demon should be um, and he's assisted by Hilda uh, the baby's maid and you know Ogre was chosen because he's the nastiest delinquent of them all um, now early on it's a bit of a gag manga because you know he doesn't want the baby he wants to pass it off to I'm going to find someone even more evil and nasty than I am but he ends up beating them all up but it's in a very like kind of gag comedy kind of way um, you know, so you like that, that, that odds of like being a parent but and also like being a delinquent um, and you know the, the, he can't just leave Bell because apparently he's cursed that like if Bell is attached to him if he leaves Bell 10 feet away or more um, he ends up getting socked to death um, but yeah it, it does evolve into like a proper Sonin series as these things tend to do um, with him and Bell eventually forming a, a symbiotic relationship as other human demon pairs kind of come out of the word work and into their lives um, this one ran for 239 chapters or 27 volumes through 2015 and got a 60 episode anime adaptation which I at least watched the first part of I don't remember finishing it actually um, again this one I, 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 I again I watched the semi regularly but I did finish the manga um, and you know, I do appreciate the. I, I think I appreciate this one because a lot of gag series in Jump, I just don't get. I don't. I like. I, I try them, and maybe the, it's the art style, maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the humor, but this doesn't click with me. Um, this is one where the gag. And the humor just clicks uh, for me for some reason, and you know, and 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 it comes with a decent side, of, a decent uh, accent anime or, or illustrations as well. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it does again evolve into a battle Soden series as he does with his other works, Hungry Marie and Hardball Cop and Dolphin, um, which was just as funny as but not lo- not as long lived, but still, Beelzebub is definitely I think you know worth checking out. 
But yeah, that wraps up the uh, first, the the second decade of my look back at Shonen Jump throughout the years. Um, you know, we have one more to catch up with the 2010s uh, before we get catch up to the 2020s when this podcast started. Um, and of course, you know, the 2010s will have a lot more that I actually have read um, since that was in college when scanlations were a lot more prevalent um, as opposed to me being uh, at home uh, in high school and my computer user was also a lot, lot more limited. Um, but yeah, the 2010s, you know, had 114 series started um a similar of 115 series similar to the 2000s 114 but i've i've read at least 16 series from the 2010s um as opposed to this episode where i only have actually re- read eight of them in detail but yeah after that we'll we'll see what i do after i catch up on Sun and jump and this up and assuming this podcast is still going on um maybe i'll i'll go back to older decades read some series in the 80s um or you know maybe i'll jump to another magazine and talk about some of those mag- those those uh series but in any case, you know, this episode is wrapping up soon. Uh, but before that, a question for you, reader, listener, to answer. Um, which are your favorite Shonen Jump manga from the early 2000s, or of all time? Um, you can let me know over on Twitter at YetAnnoAnnyPod, or via email at YetAnotherAnimePodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my, my anime list at NinjaBoy333, Boy with an I. Um, we're found on all the major podcast services, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or at the very least, share with another anime-loving friend. Um, links to all of that will be in the show notes. Uh, you can also, uh, uh, intro and outro music is provided by Suichi Sakagami at Tandas.com. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this episode. We air, um, about twice a month. I still figure out the schedule for this one at this point. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, going, I'm aiming for twice a month at this point. Um, next time on yet another anime podcast, which will be in two weeks, uh, we'll do our seasonal recap of the spring anime season, um, before looking forward to the summer anime season. Um, but until then, see you, Space Cowboy. Bang. Bang.